What are some of the strategic advantages to investing in early growth, patent-protected technology companies located in opportunity zones? Find out next. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Opportunity Zones podcast, the weekly show where we interview Opportunity Zones professionals and experts from fund managers to tax advisors, from real estate developers to venture capitalists. If it impacts Opportunity Zones or the Opportunity Funds industry, we cover it here on the Opportunity Zones podcast. Welcome to the Opportunity Zones podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Atkinson. Today's episode is a condensed audio recording of a live Impact Investing webinar series event presented by OZ Pros, CrowdCreate, and Hall Labs on August 18th, titled Family Office Investment in an Opportunity Zone Tech Accelerator Campus. For the complete version of this webinar in video format, and to learn more about how you can present your OZ fund or deal to the Opportunity DB network in a future webinar like this one, head on over to opportunitydb.com slash webinars. Enjoy. Welcome to the Impact Investing webinar series presented by OZ Pros and CrowdCreate. I'm Jimmy Atkinson, host of today's program. I'm the founder of Opportunity Zones Database at opportunitydb.com, host of the Opportunity Zones podcast and co-founder of OZ Pros. And I'm joined today by Will Walker of CrowdCreate, my partner, Ashley Tyson at OZ Pros, and two gentlemen from Hall Venture Partners. I'm here with Matt Van Dyke and David Coons, and we're gonna to get to them very shortly. Uh, but without further ado, I wanna bring Will in one more time here and um, introduce himself. And then Will, maybe you can say a few words about our experts here today and then introduce them as well. So please tell us a little bit more about CrowdCreate and, and Hall Venture Partners and Hall Labs. Okay, great, Jimmy, thank you. Well, um, I just wanna say CrowdCreate's really proud to uh, work with uh, Hall Ventures and Hall Labs, Hall Fund, uh, that type of thing, uh, you know, as a uh, sponsor of this series. And CrowdCreate, you know, we have a database of over 45,000 accredited uh, investors in our, in our arsenal and uh, many in the institutional arena as well as the high, high net worth accredited arena. Uh, we can literally customize and frame, you know, put in the custom framework for any project or opportunity or company to reach the what I call the right qualified eyeballs and with the right strategic content, targeted content, targeted PR, that type of thing, so that we really create a, 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 a very speedy, uh, targeted um, introduction to capital as well as other growth strategies. So we've been doing this for six years. I know OZ Pros has been a great partner of ours on the framing side and some of the legal side as well. And we really do pack a, a great one-two punch together, so to speak. But uh, I just want to say personally, you know, my 24 years, my background is private equity. Uh, I've been fortunate to raise a lot of capital, see a lot of deals, structure a lot of things. Uh, and in my 24 years experience, this is the top of the heap talking about Hall Family uh, Fund and Hall Family Labs and their, what they've created. When I was really uh, interviewing them at first, working with Dave Coons and Matt Van Dyke, who you're going to just meet in a minute, uh, as soon as they told me about the numerous over a thousand patents, uh, the, the scope of their engineering group uh, that they work with, and also the diversity that they are working with uh, between operating businesses and real estate in their portfolio, and how long they've been doing it since 1950. All of these things from my end went as a capital allocator and raiser myself for many years. 
spoke volumes. So this is really the top of the heap. I'm really excited to uh, bring both Matt Van Dyke and Dave Koontz uh, to everyone and uh, hear their story and what they're doing and why they're moving the needle. Uh, also, the, the magic uh, wand is, you know, they invest in both the GP and LP side and all of their uh, projects and companies and their exits are, I'll let them talk about it, but they've had numerous uh, pre-revenue uh, exits that are very, very successful. So this, as far as I'm concerned, is the holy grail and I can't wait for everybody to, to meet them. So I'll uh, be quiet now and pass it back to you, Jimmy, and we can get started uh, with Matt and David and go from there. Sure, why don't we get a, uh, an intro from Matt and David? Maybe they could each say hi real quick and introduce themselves. Uh, Matt, I'll let you go first there. You're, you're on mute currently, but if you take yourself off mute, Matt, then you can say hello to everyone. Yeah, great. So hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Matt Van Dyke, and I am the CFO for uh, Hall Venture Partners, as well as uh, the Hall Family Office, which is referred to as Hall Labs. Um, I, I've been with uh, the, the company for uh, around eight and a half years now and uh, have a, a focus in my prior life in, in, in tax. And so uh, really the, the culmination of the, the innovation and, and tax is what's become interesting, at least in this Opportunity Zone space. Um, and so that, that's me. I'll, I'll let Dave go from here. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Great. Um, thanks, guys. I appreciate everyone having the opportunity to put this together um, and to, to bring us in to, to present. Um, you know, my background is on uh, as an investor, as an operator um, in both early stage and growth stage companies. Um, I've worked on both the public and the private side and was fortunate enough to get introduced to, to the Hall family and Hall Labs um, almost two years ago now. And, you know, being having that outside um, third party um, viewpoint when I had an opportunity to visit and subsequently meet the the people behind uh, Hall Labs itself, um, I was blown away. Um, I've seen uh, many incubators throughout the country, many accelerators throughout the country, and, and this is just something that is totally unique and different. Um, they've realized you know what they're really good at, which is innovation and innovation within uh, technology and product that really has a hard time um, getting growth within large companies. That innovation needs to happen where it does um, within the lab here. And the Hall family has been the only LP up to date um, in these companies, which has helped them grow. And those companies themselves, they, they pivot, they change, but they're very, very strong in creating intellectual property with over uh, over a thousand uh, IP licenses and uh, in building those companies. And when I came in, there were about 20 companies that needed growth capital. Um, and we realized that you know, there was an opportunity here to, to build the same formula of success that's worked well uh, over the last you know, 50 plus years with that next stage and iteration of company growth. Um, which is that venture growth uh, space. So alongside Matt and two other partners, um, we were able to identify uh, criteria um, to select what we thought were, were some of those top companies um, within the, uh, the Hall Labs campus. And excited to talk to you about some of those today. And really, uh, we'd like to say it was foresight, but the reality is that we were, uh, we were a little lucky in um, the fact that our entire campus got included within an opportunity zone as well. So I think one of the, the benefits of what we have is we were building this, this 
fund anyway. And we ended up finding after the fact that we were able to offer the incentives um, that follow along with the, uh, with the OZ um, platform. So we're excited. Thanks. Fantastic. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Matt. Uh, Matt, I'm going to let you share your screen in just a minute. And uh, we're going to learn a lot today from, from these two gentlemen. Uh, we're going to learn some family office strategies for opportunities zone investing, uh, the diversification and ROI benefits of venture investing, specifically within opportunity zones. This is not just another real estate play. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with real estate, but I always love hearing from uh, people who are doing venture investing. And of course, we'll also hear about the impact potential, social impact potential of tech firms located in opportunity zones and specifically the impact that Hall Labs is having on the Provo area. Uh, without further ado, Matt, please take it away. Great. Well, thank you. Um, so, so just as a, a quick overview, um, gr great intros. I, I think you guys probably did a better job than what I can as far as I'm explaining what we do, but the way that we're organized um, is that we have kind of three different uh, segments. Uh, so the first segment's Hall Family, and we often refer that to refer to that as Hall Labs. Uh, we have a 60-year-plus track record as far as creating technology, and have had quite a few exits over the the past even 20 years. Um, been able to return quite a bit of capital off to to investors. And typically those, those investments and those um, technology creations have happened at, at an earlier stage. And so we've had various um, pre-revenue companies that have sold at a $100 million plus uh, value. And uh, we've also had some operating companies that have sold off. So, so after, um, after various years of, of doing early stage development, uh, we realized that there was quite a bit of value that happens to the companies once they reach commercialization and get pushed off into more of a growth trajectory. And uh, we'd explored different ways. Typically, our, our, our methodology was just to, to either sell it to a strategic partner that could scale the technology, um, or we would partner with that strategic for, for a period of time, and then they would typically end up buying it. Um, also did individual deals with uh, private equity companies in the past. And since we had a, a lot of companies that were growing, we decided to create a, a venture fund um, that would be managed by um, a group of individuals that had growth on, had a, had a group of individuals that had quite a bit of experience in growing companies. And so we created Hall Venture Partners and, and Dave, my, my partner here on Hall Venture Partners is, is part of that alongside two other partners. Um, is the first investment vehicle that we have as part of that uh, Hall Venture Partners is the Opportunity Fund One. And uh, David mentioned this in the past, we, we were already creating the fund. Um, I, I ended up getting a, a notification from, from the city of Provo saying that we fell within an opportunity zone and I had a background in tax and, and we had a, a problem that we needed to solve. We had some capital gains that um, are, are rolling off from some of our past exits. And it made a lot of sense for us to be able to create the fund as, as an opportunity zone fund. So a quick, a quick look at our background. Um, again, we have a 60 year track record and uh, it really started back in the 50s. Um, the, um, the dad, whose, whose name is Tracy Hall, he invented man-made diamond and he did that while at General Electric. And uh, he left General Electric, came down to, to Provo, Utah, and, and was a professor at BYU. And uh, BYU couldn't pay him very much at the time. And so he ended up uh, creating a, a couple of side hustles. Um, they had allowed him to 
be able to take his IP and um, created different companies while he was a professor. And uh, he did that with his son, David Hall, uh, who's one of our partners here. And, and our first exit, um, or our first commercial exit, happened in, in the mid-80s of Mega Diamond. And then from then, it just cascaded into different uh, companies that we had created, and then we had sold. And one important thing to note as far as um, Tracy goes, Tracy was a, a big studier of, of uh, Thomas Edison. And the reason why I went to Edison Labs or General Electric at, at, at the time was because he, he wanted to work there some, at some point. And so everything that we do within the lab itself is patterned after um, the concepts uh, of, of Thomas Edison. And, and we often refer to Hall Labs as a modern day uh, Edison lab. Uh, we, we spent quite a bit of time in, in the industrial space when it comes to, to diamond as well as downhole tools for oil and gas. Um, but we, we expanded beyond that really in the, the 2000s and uh, really determined that our, our core competency was being able to take multi-disciplines from an engineering and uh, science perspective and attacking big problems um, not only just in, in energy or industrials, but really big worldwide problems. Um, this is a quick look at our historical return of capital. Um, to be honest with you, be, before creating the, the fund itself, we didn't look too much at, at what our historical returns have been because the, the methodology that we followed was once we, once we sell a technology, let's take that money back and deploy it back into new things. Uh, that we can create, and, and that's really the, the, the internal driver here, is really to be able to create things and, and companies that can have an impact uh, you know, throughout the globe from, from a technology standpoint. Um, but, but as I, I looked back historically and, and really saw how we did, we, we, we did end up returning quite a bit of capital back to um, investors and, and, and uh, also into, into Hall Labs and where they could redeploy that capital. So that gives you a high-level view of of our historical returns. Um, so I'll, I'll let uh, Dave, Dave chime in uh, to, to explain where we're at today. So thanks, Matt. I, I think you know, some, of the, some of the key factors that have led to the success of um, and the, the process that's been created um, with Hall is you, know, you can see on that sheet, and if you can't see, um, I apologize, but you'll be able to, uh, to look at it at a later point that the overall portfolio has averaged about a 5.4x return um, on invested capital, and that's just within Hall Labs. And then as we've brought in a co-investor um, at that point of needing, uh, needing growth capital and having that commercialized product, um, that co-investment average and rate of return average goes up to 7.9x. So although you know, we're, we're thrilled to have the opportunity zone incentives, um, I think we're, we're very happy to, to show people that, you know, the success, the track record, the process um, has worked throughout history um, and I think puts, the, puts Hall Labs in the top quartile for, for any growth venture fund. Um, but thankfully, we have the, the opportunity and the vehicle to, to offer the incentive uh, alongside of this as well. So um, in terms of Paul Labs, where we stand today, um, the fund itself, we've, we've been able to make five, oper five investments um, within companies and um, have another three targeted for, uh, for fund one and plan on, uh, plan on closing that out here uh, by the end of the year.
So um, I think the timing is great for, for all of us to be able to, to answer any questions that you might have, talk about um, venture itself and how it fits into your portfolio. And more specifically, I think uh, most people that, that I've spoken with had realized and, and seen the opportunity zone um, investment opportunities within real estate and were many times not aware that, that venture qualified. And uh, being that we're, we're a family office that, that has done this, um, you know, we're, uh, we're doing it as much, you know, for ourselves as we are for our LPs. And that's why it was so important for us to invest as an LP uh, within this fund. Great, thank you. So, so, so really briefly, if you look at uh, the methodology, the way that we think about the investments, um, there, there's early stage investments and there's later stage investments. And, and on the Hall Labs end, we, we typically have not partnered with others from an equity standpoint until the, the company has proven itself or the technology has proven itself in the market. And usually when that has happened in the past, we ended up selling that company outright. And you'll see on this chart, um, all these different exits that we've had. And, and this is essentially showing what stage of commercialization that they were um, at, at exit. And on the left-hand side of this, of this chart, you'll see that Hall Labs focuses really on the, on the early stage items that are, that are kind of entering into beta testing or even, even early sales. And the funds focus is really on the companies that have, that have kind of risen to the top. And that's when you can apply, I'd say traditional business thinking to the businesses, to the technology um, that, that isn't uh, innovation, I, I'd say. Um, it, there, there's a call it block, block and tackling um, professional type of, type of services that you'd apply to these companies in order to, to exhibit growth and, and partnerships with others that can, that can fill out your um, di distribution sales channels. So Dave, do you want to, do you want to touch a little bit about the campus where we're at in Provo? Um, I, I live sure. here. It's a little bit, uh, <laughs> it's not that exciting for me just cause I've, I've, I've seen it <laughs> I grow up, but maybe Dave, you can give an outside perspective on it. Yeah. So they're, they're about 45 minutes, um, away from Salt Lake. And the, uh, the interesting part about the campus itself is, is also the property. Um, the property is an area where um, it used to be the, the largest employer um, of, you know, anyone within the area. And it's a, it's a former steel mill. So one of the important things to the Hall family itself was not only to create this incubator and this campus where they're uh, building innovative companies, but on top of that, um, tackle the, you know, the brownfield that was created and be able to uh, to bring that back to, to usable property. And that's exactly what they've done. So today um, it's a, it's about 130 acre contiguous campus um, and a testament to, you know, the, the companies that were created even back in the fifties, they're, they're still there today. Um, so there's almost, uh, almost 700 people on campus, about 200 plus engineers in every vertical. And, you know, that's, you know, was to me was really what was, uh, what was impressive is, you know, going in and seeing uh, exited companies to the likes of Schlumberger and Caterpillar and NOV um, for some of those early stage diamond companies. Um, and, 
that technology that had been built then is still relevant today. So um, being heavy on the patent um, side and building that patented moat allows them to be very open with uh, prospective LPs and investors. And so, you know, we've encouraged as many people as possible to come to campus to take a look at what we've been able to build. But um, understand today that that's, uh, that's, that's not as possible as it has been in the past. So we've tried to create some, some assets to, to help show people, uh, which I think Jimmy can share afterwards, um, really what's, uh, what's happening on a, on a local level uh, there at Hall Labs. And Dave, I just want to jump in there too. We're putting together some incredible uh, uh, aerial shots. They also have a lot of uh, uh, very impressive footage um, from drone footage and on to really give you the in-campus experience that's really extraordinary. And we're helping them put that together or leveraging what they already have here at CrowdCreate, which is some of the things that we do. So I want to make sure everybody gets to see it, uh, whether through Jimmy or through uh, through OZ Pros or through us at CrowdCreate. We'd love to have you guys take a virtual tour of uh, what we what we're putting together, what's been put together, it's incredible. A question for Matt and Dave for me here is: Is this entire campus located within an opportunity zone? Is there any part of it that's not, or is it all OZ land? The entire campus is located within an OZ. Yeah, fantastic. And do you? Um, how close are you to BYU here? And do you have any relationship with them? Yeah, so so we we typically will do work with BYU on a on a company by company basis, um, but BYU is about ten minutes away. Oh, that's great! Another major university, uh, UVU, that's within about uh, fifteen minutes. So so all uh, a lot of young students. We have a lot of internships uh, that that come through here, and and they provide a tremendous amount of value. Fantastic. And I think if you if you look at the backdrop of actually what's happening um, within the the Provo and Greater Salt Lake City area. Um, it's, uh, it's been a hub for, for innovation and growth. Um, a lot of M&A has been happening there within the last couple of years, um, whether it's Qualtrics or Purple. Um, and there's a reason for that. And the reason is access to, to great talent out of those two universities that Matt just mentioned, uh, whether it's on the, you know, the technical side um, and engineering or whether it's on the, uh, on the sales side. And um, it's, it's actually been coined uh, Silicon Slopes. So we've, we've even found companies moving out of Silicon Valley to come to the Salt Lake City area because it is so business friendly. And then on top of that, when you add the OZ benefits, um, it really has been uh, highlighted as, as one, of the, uh, one of the top areas to build a business. So, so one thing just to note really quick on, on opportunity zones, and this is some of the difficulty, I'm gonna put on my, my nerdy tax hat here for a sec, but as, as we were looking at this and we we're looking at the, the legislation that, that came across, um, that there's a reason why um, a lot of companies and a lot of funds are focused on real estate, right? The, the legislation says you need to deploy capital to benefit a specific tract of land. And um, the easy thing about real estate is it doesn't move. Right, so, so you'll know that as you put money into that, that uh, the expansion, the economic benefits gonna be really secluded to that area. Um, the, the, the cool thing and, and the unique thing about businesses is that they grow and, the, and they, they move and they expand and they contract. And it, it made it a little bit more difficult to fill, fit within the, the Opportunity Zone um, legislation and, and clarifications that they, they've given out. And as we approach this, we, we really had to look at it 10 years from now. 
And um, as, as part of that looking out, we had to say, okay, do we have enough space and is there enough room for expansion of these businesses uh, to check the box on all the requirements of the IRS for, for qualified opportunity zone businesses? And, and the important thing about this is, is was mentioned is that we have around 130 acres of, of expansion land that, that's currently under contract to be, to be de all developed. And so as capital is deployed from the fund into these businesses, those businesses stay on campus and that's what helps uh, keep those opportunity zone classifications or qualifications uh, in line for the holding period of the fund. Sorry, I went on a tangent there. Um, that's okay. <laughs> uh, Dave, do you want to talk about the, the management team a little bit here? Yeah, so it, as far as the uh, the partners that are uh, that are included on the GP side, um, you know, David Hall is uh, is Tracy Hall's son, is you know currently the principal of uh, of Hall Labs and uh, one of the general partners within uh, within Hall Venture One. Um, David's love and passion is the lab. Um, he's there every day. He's in the lab. He he's part of helping um, drive the the innovation there. Um, Myself and uh, and Derek Weber um, have known each other for for about six years. Um, dealing with each other on, you know, both uh, you know the M and A front um, as well as investment banking. So he and I have uh, a long history together, um, working on um, growing companies uh, as well as helping those companies exit. And you know, as you've heard from Matt, um, he really ties it all together. Uh, being that he he's the tax expert that sits on both sides of the fence, and um, really helps drive the uh, you know the business at Hall um, and at HPP, and you know we've been sure to put in place um, a number of parts of criteria to um, help ensure the fact that you know all these businesses um, you know meet a specific investment criteria that we have. Um, and we've worked with third parties uh, to help develop that as well um, that we're happy to share with you too. Great, and, and uh, just as a, as a side note, if, if you look at, uh, again, early stage companies are, are gonna be hairy, uh, meaning that they, they're gonna pivot a lot, they're gonna change directions, they're gonna figure out who they are uh, or who they wanna be when they grow up. And, and we really feel like that's, that's the place where they operate best and freely within a lab. Um, having too many shareholders at, at, at that stage of business is, is difficult because you have to create a board presentation or, or a PowerPoint presentation every time you want to change. Um, once those companies really have, have figured out a product and a direction and have, have received market feedback and they're ready for growth, that, that's when the fund comes in. And so... Yeah, so we've uh, we built a company called Vanderhall. Um, Vanderhall is a uh, was a was a project of uh, of Stephen Hall, and you know all of uh, a number of the children of David Hall um, are involved in Hall Labs. But one of the one of the biggest things that's important to him was that they all went out to industry first, and they all had to go out to industry and prove their own um, and find their own way. And, you know, Steven was, uh, was always interested in, uh, in cars and was a owner of a dealership, but he essentially built this out of his garage. And he realized that there was an opportunity for a three-wheel car that, you know, fell underneath the criteria of a motorcycle because it was a little easier to, uh, to get that approved. Um, and then on top of that, have something that 
really looked and felt like um, a throwback vehicle with all the benefits of modern technology. And they're, they're incredible to drive. Um, you know, it's got this kind of, you know, almost look of a, um, a Roadster or a Porsche. And, but at the same time, the, uh, you know, the acceleration and the feel of a motorcycle. So the, the exciting part there is that, you know, we've been doing a lot of distribution through, uh, through Harley and India dealers. And as some of the baby boomers have, uh, have grown up, um, whether they're, uh, it's, it's balance or uh, they don't feel comfortable behind their motorcycle anymore. They've been able to find the same excitement behind the wheel of Vanderhall. Mm. And we today have about eight different options um, within that category, but are growing Vanderhall to, to be not only a three wheel car vehicle, but a platform for, for power sports. So uh, new vehicles to come um, in a very short time. And mm. that's probably one of the companies that's, uh, you know, the farthest long on the, uh, on the growth cycle for us. And uh, surprisingly, even through COVID here, um, has had year-over-year -year growth, um, which has, has been really exciting. Hey, Dave, that was featured on uh, Jay Leno's Garage uh, once or twice, right? Tell us just, uh, Matt, tell us about that just quickly. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let Matt highlight that because he was involved with it. But yeah, we've been on Jay Leno's Garage twice, and he's a, uh, he's a big fan. But yeah, Vanderhall's seen significant growth. Uh, they have two episodes right now on, on uh, um, Jay Leno's Garage, one on the gas model that I was trying to show, the other one on the all-electric that was just released, the Edison, um, which now you get the name behind the, the Edison, which is the new model that, that was released for all-electric. Mm. Um, some exciting uh, news, news coming out, hopefully in the next 30 days, for, for new offerings as well. So we're we're really excited about Vanderhall as well as the the other portfolio companies that we've invested in. Yeah, that's that's excellent. Uh, uh, Matt, and Jimmy, I think the one thing that that's interesting yeah. is you know at the end of the day, you know none of uh, none of these things make sense unless it's a sound investment. So, you know what we had really focused on was ensuring the fact that you know it's it's people and process and it's execution, and you know you have a a, a history of that here with Hall. And, you know, the last piece being alignment. So if you're not investing in a, in a good quality company, um, then the incentive structure doesn't make sense at all. Absolutely. You know, so, um, and, and that's, you know, we've been heavy pushing the, you know, the, the process of around Hall because we want people to understand that that's a systematic approach to, um, to exits that have worked. Absolutely. Well, yeah, uh, that's why the exits you've had have been so, so, so successful and happened fairly quickly as well compared to other private uh, deals. In yeah, we, tip we typically look at a time horizon of, uh, of about three to five years. So yeah, that's excellent. And that fits well within the structure. Um, and it also allows us to redeploy capital uh, as well. Great. Very good. Well, Matt, do you want to continue with the presentation here and then uh, let's um, I think we'll probably have time for for about 10 or 15 minutes of questions at the end which would be great okay yeah yeah so so real quick these, these are our current investments that we've made uh, Vanderhall we've already spoken about medic is a, a toilet um, that is collects medical information uh, so it's essentially going to the doctor's office every time that you go to the bathroom uh, we can capture big data at that point and uh, be able to uh, determine whether or not you're going to have a, um, a chronic disease. 
Uh, smarter home is uh, motorization, intelligent motorization within the home. Uh, Bacon is a replacement for temp agencies. It's, it's one of our only software only plays. And Surefy is, is innovating the uh, building automation space by replacing all the wiring that needs to go within, within large commercial spaces. They're able to do that wirelessly. Um, so those are the, the five investments that we've made. And since we've made an investment in each one of those, they, they've actually uh, performed very well. Bacon was our first one uh, that was done uh, kind of mid-year uh, last year. And um, they're, they're seeing a standing growth. And, and, and uh, it's been very, very encouraging and very uh, exciting to see, to see them grow. And the unique thing, I guess, about it is, is, again, if you look at this as an opportunity zone investment in our campus, uh, we're able to interact with these, these companies on a daily basis. And we're able to get great visibility into how they're actually, actually doing, um, rather than going to a you know, typical board meeting once, once a quarter. So let's see if we can get through here. These are the basic terms. We're not, we'll, we'll send you off the deck. I don't know that it's necessary to go over that. Um, and then as, as Dave mentioned, there's, there's specific criteria, um, conflicts measures that, that we put in place to make sure that uh, we protect LPs within the fund. Um, and I, I think that that's, I wanna make sure that we leave enough, enough time for, for Q&A. Uh, but I'll I'll go back to to Dave to see if he had any anything else that he felt was critical to to discuss at this point. No, I just uh, you know thanks Matt and uh, you know I want to thank uh, thank Jimmy and Ashley and uh, and Will for for putting this together and you know would love to be able to open it up for uh, for questions for individuals as they you know whether it's looking at individual portfolio companies and I think that's you know the last piece that you know I'll leave people with that. It makes us unique is you know typical investment within a venture fund you're investing in process um but we're actually giving um our lps and investors visibility down to the individual company level so um and and i think that's important because we want people to see um where their money's going to work the sustainability around that the job creation that's there um, and a number of other criteria from climate um, and water that a lot of these investments are, you know, are making um, within kind of those 17 SDGs. Hey, hey, David, real quick question just for me. I don't want to get to it, but you or Matt, you, you really concentrate on, on the social part too, as far as clean air and different initiatives like you just touched on. So maybe you could just you know explain or just touch on that a little bit of what criteria really goes into all of the projects you choose because they do have social impact. You know, it's profitable and it's great and early exits and all the money you guys put in and it is all great, but it's also really what the theme of this whole webinar series is about. So yeah, if I'm not gonna add to that question, as as Will just mentioned, this is the impact investing webinar series. You know, we like to highlight funds that are really doing it right in terms of impact and Hall Labs, um, you guys are far too modest. I want to hear more about uh, not only the social impact that you're having in Provo with the economic revitalization you're doing in the Opportunity Zone areas of Provo, but also maybe you can speak a little bit more about the environmental impact that, that Will was hinting at there as well. Yeah, Matt, I'm happy to take that or you can. Um... I'll go ahead. I'll do, I'll do it. So, so overall, if you look at, um, 
different ways to, to impact things. Um, there's, there's the environmental side of that, and, and you can look down into the land, right, it, it, that we sit on. It's an old steel mill. Um, it, it's not the best piece of property in the world. And we're, we're doing quite a bit of reclamation here uh, within the site itself to make it usable again. Um, so, so there's just on, on the ground that we sit on, there's, there's quite a bit of reclamation there. Uh, the jobs that we add within the valley has been has been great. Uh, you're, you're adding very high value, uh, high paid jobs uh, within the area on the on the technology side. We're adding manufacturing jobs, so it really goes from from blue collar to white collar. Um, as we have, you know, the, the manufacturing of the Vanderhalls happen here on site, um, and, and then outside of that, the, the companies themselves all have, you know, uh, independent uh, direction, right, that they're going toward. So, so if you look at Vanderhall, for example, power sports are, are very uh, pollution heavy. Um, they're, they're, they don't follow the same restrictions that automo automobiles do. And uh, we're trying to make an impact on that for Vanderhall. Um, for, I'll, I'll pick another one, Medic. Um, Medic is really trying to improve the lives of, of everyone. Um, they're, they're looking at chronic diseases and they're looking at ways to, to stop all the hospitalizations that happen within, within care centers. I, I think uh, more than half of the hospitals. 70% of chronic disease can be solved with predictive analytics. And the idea with that is to, you know, help use AI, machine learning, um, and data sets that are out there to predict what's happening within a human's body. Right. If you just kind of sit on that thought for a while for, for a toilet, why a toilet? to gather that information. It's something that everybody does. Um, everybody has to do it. You can't, you can't avoid going to the bathroom. I have kids that try it and it doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> Pun definitely intended there about sit on that, right? Puns, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even realize it. Yeah, but, but uh, think about it. it it's, a, it's an activity that happens every day. You don't want it to be out of the ordinary. And because it happens multiple times a day and it's a normal human occurrence, we can capture that information every time. And if, if you can use the analysis off of those, those data points, you're really able to tell a person what direction they're going. Mm. Um, ra rather than showing up to the doctor's office once every year if you're good, uh, once every four years if you're me, um, right? Or, or going in when things have just gotten too bad. And you, you're really trying to figure out those trends so that they can change their behaviors to improve their lives. So those, those are just a couple of, of quick examples um, on that. And some of the earlier stage things that we're doing within the lab um, are focused in on the decentralization of utilities, uh, whether that goes to, to wastewater, uh, to clean water, as well as into um, energy and uh, the creation of energy and making that um, carbon footprint be, be zero. Uh, so so um, a, a lot of our, all of our businesses have, have, have an impact uh, jive to them. And, and the reason for that is because we're trying to solve big problems um, and, you, and you draw that back into, okay, how does this work financially? Uh, big problems typically have a, a good rate of return and big problems within the globe are, are going to be able to return dollars back to the individuals. You just have to be able to apply the right science and, and engineering into those problems and push them forward, um, not necessarily in, in a university type of mindset. Fantastic. Okay, well, uh, Will, Ashley, any, any other questions for our expert guests here today? Otherwise, we might cut them loose and uh, let everybody get out of here. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, I just want to thank both uh, Matt and, and Dave and for their time and 
you know, here at CrowdCreate, they've been incredibly generous and, and uh, transparent to work with. Um, I can't wait for everybody to see some of the material that they have and uh, some of the video stuff we're getting ready to put out and, um, you know, just thank them both. So can't wait for everybody to see what's uh, what's coming next from Hall Labs and also from uh, OZ Pros and CrowdCreate. There's some early stage stuff too that's really interesting. So you know you can you can follow it on uh, on HallLabs.com. That's three L's, or uh, or HallVP.com and see some of the projects that we're uh, that we're working on in more detail. But you know, Jimmy, Ashley, Will, um, you know, thank you and thank everyone that attended today. Great right, guys, thank you so much. Thank you uh, to Will Walker for co-hosting with me, Ashley Tyson for uh, chiming in a couple times here with some uh, answers to some legal questions, and of course our guests from Hall Labs today, Matt Van Dyke and David Coons. All right, thank you again to all of our panelists and attendees. See you guys next time. Thank you. That's it for our show today. A huge thank you to you, our listener. If you liked this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. The Opportunity Zones podcast is produced by the Opportunity Database. Visit OpportunityDB.com to learn more about Opportunity Zones and Opportunity Zone Fund investing. You can learn how to subscribe to this podcast and read more about today's guest in the show notes by visiting OpportunityDB.com slash podcast. And we'll be back soon with another episode.